everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of the Retrospectors podcast, Metal Gear Solid. My name is Patrick Arthur, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Turlings. James, Metal Gear Solid is a game that I've been interested in doing for this show for a very long time. We've done a lot of stealth games on this show. We've done Thief, we've done Splinter Cell, we've done Hitman, and it feels like in some ways this is a bit of a a gap for this show because you and I have both played a lot of Metal Gear games in our lives. Let's get this ball rolling. Tell me what your history with Metal Gear Solid is. Which games have you played? Which games have you haven't? And um, were you looking forward to finally covering this one for the show? Yeah, I mean, this one's been a long time coming. Um, I've been a big fan of the series for a long time now, having played all of the mainline titles. Um, I have only not finished uh, The Phantom Pain, I think. Uh, when I was younger, I played three subsistence to begin with, um, renting it from, you know, local Blockbuster when that was still a business that existed. Um, and then eventually, once I moved out from my parents' home, um, I decided that I wanted to go through and play all of the series sequentially. Um, so I played through one, two, three, and four in order. Um, although the first time I played one, I actually was unable to complete it because my disc two um was scratched and you know so i was only ever able to get through half of the game you know two or three times before finally getting my hands uh on a digital copy once it was re-released uh in hd for the playstation 3 you've mostly played three uh and the five right yeah so i've played three four and five um and for the record i absolutely adore three I think number four is a game that expanded on three's mechanics in interesting ways with a completely nonsensical story. And I think Metal Gear Solid V is one of the greatest uh, stealth games ever made. Uh, the rock, the core mechanics of Metal Gear Solid V are simply incredible. Um, but unfortunately, the story took a further nosedive. For me, three is still maybe not the pinnacle of the series just because five is so far ahead of everything in terms of its um fundamental gameplay mechanics but three is definitely for me the union of story and gameplay uh it's the peak in that regard with number one and two i've actually played the beginning of both games but dropped off both of them for different reasons number two i just kind of lost interest in when i was younger and number one i think i had the demo disc on pc or anything or something so I never got past the point where you were asked to check the back of your disc <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just, just you know, played other games at that point. Anti-piracy. <laughs> well, it, it worked in this case. Um, yeah. So I'm intimately familiar with Metal Gear Solid from 3 onwards. I've played those games all multiple times. Uh, I have been spoiled on most of the story elements of 1 and 2 just because my fascination with the series uh, led me to doing a lot of like reading about uh, them. So I knew all of all the major twists and turns going on, which is somewhat disappointing. But I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to pretend to be surprised by things that I know were coming. Um, but I've always been interested in going back and actually giving this one a fair crack. I know a lot of people hold these games, particularly the first two, in extremely high regard. And I wanted to see if their stealth chops actually stood up to the other stealth titles we've done and how they differed, what the approach of these earlier games was to stealth. Because I do think that the stealth in Metal Gear Solid 3, at least, does occupy a 
unique space compared to all the other games and is enjoyable in its own right because of it. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm actually really excited to talk about this one because I have some opinions after I played through, you know, this time specifically that I hadn't held previously. So, and I think, um, you know, my, like the way I have this game remembered in my head is a bit different because of the fact that I played it two or three times without playing disc two. Mm. Um, so, you know, to me, most of my memories of this game are the first half, um, probably, you know, before you get to about Sniper Wolf, um, which kind of leads to a very different uh, overall feeling on the game than the one that I have this time. Yeah, without um, getting too spoilery, this game is not what I expected. Uh, I, I'm actually, it's it was a bit of a whiplash for me, like it was quite shocking. Uh <laughs> what Metal Gear Solid 1 ended up being, and it was not the kind of game I was expecting at all. Mm. For me, I've always been really fond of this first game. I think um, in my it's very short, um, and I've always enjoyed that about this one. Uh, it doesn't have too much wasted space, and I think, to me, you know, the biggest criticisms I'm going to have are going to be, you know, towards the elements that kind of undermine that, uh, you know, tightness of game that I think this game has. Mm. Uh, so before we get into our discussion, uh, just a quick note on who we are and what we do. James and I make up the Retrospectors podcast, and each and every three weeks we play through a classic or cult game of the past with the intent of evaluating it from a modern perspective. Critically, we're not here to do a nostalgic reflection upon the game or uh, better understand the history and context in which it was produced. We're simply reviewing these games on a standard of how enjoyable they were to play compared side by side with the modern games that get released. In some sense, this is an unfair standard because, of course, video games of you know 20 to 30 years ago don't have access to all the same technology that the games of today's do. However, James and I have found over the over 100 episodes we've done that sometimes it's precisely the lack of technology or the lack of catering to mainstream demands of what a video game should be that can elevate these games and make them artistically better or at least as good as the games that are produced today. So it's a harsh standard of criticism, but it's ultimately a fair one if we want to look at video games as an artistic medium, and we, that's certainly what we want to do on this show. So before we get into the discussion, once again, one final thing. So James and I both played on a different emulator to the one we normally do. We normally play with EPSXE, but James recommended we try out Duck Station. Uh, did you have any issues with this emulator this week, James? No, none at all. We've previously used EPSXE and it's been fine, um, but there were some things about resetting up the controls every time I, you know, opened it up every few months that was just really getting on my nerves um where duck station just worked flawlessly um it has like a heap of graphical bells and whistles something that i really appreciated is that um over the years when we've done different games we've needed different bios versions for the ps1 um which normally results in me like trying to haphazardly figure out which one goes with which game but you can kind of just point duck station at a folder full of them and it'll pick the right one for you which was my you know favorite part about it um it basically rivals dolphin in terms of like on the fly video customization like you don't need to reboot or anything you can run the game while you're tweaking the graphic settings i 
played with it a lot while setting this up and got you know metal gear looking really nice so uh, i'll 100 percent be using this one moving forward i think yeah i remember having some issues with silent hill 2 when we did that aeons ago and sly cooper i think was throwing up some graphical glitches so eps 60 hasn't been flawless very happy to move to duck station like you i had zero issues with so let's give a very, very brief overview of what Metal Gear Solid is for those who have never played it or heard of it. Um, it is a pretty mainstream game, but it's always worth doing this. So Metal Gear Solid is an action slash adventure slash stealth game. It was first released in 1998 for the PlayStation 1. It did see a PC port shortly afterwards, and it's seen many, many re-releases, including a remake uh, called Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes which was basically Metal Gear Solid 1 built in the Metal Gear Solid 2 engine. So it ended up being kind of like, I don't know, like a, it's a very different game because it's got a lot of additions from Metal Gear Solid 2 technology-wise. The game was developed by Konami and was directed, produced, and written by Hideo Kojima. It's the third title in the Metal Gear series, with the first two being uh, 2D games, uh, which released, I think it was for the Game Gear, like quite quite older consoles and the Super Nintendo. Uh, and this is the first, Metal Gear Solid is the first 3D entry in the franchise. The basic uh, layout of the game is that it's a top-down game, so the camera is positioned isometrically above you, and the camera moves with you as you move. So it's not a fixed camera. I guess you would call it a fixed isometric camera. So as you move around, the camera moves horizontally above you, so you're always pretty close to the center of the action. Um, there is a first-person view available when standing still, but you can't shoot from that first-person view. It's simply for scouting out the area ahead. So most of the time you're moving around in this fixed down isometric view. You take control of Snake, who has been brought out of retirement by Colonel Roy Campbell to solo infiltrate a Black Ops base after terrorists seize control of it. Your mission is to rescue two VIPs and ascertain whether or not they can launch nukes like they claim to be able to do so, and if they can, to stop them. But before too long, weird shit starts happening, uh, and layers of secrets and betrayal start to slowly unravel and emerge as you go deeper and deeper into a web of conspiracy and lies to figure out what's going on and who all these people are and you know why people why people keep randomly dying around you anything else you want to add to that basic setup james i i want to keep this mostly spoiler free because i do think that the story of metal gear solid is something that's better experienced like the the nature of the narrative is that there are a lot of twists and turns, and it's going to be more enjoyable if you experience them yourself. I agree. I think that just keeping it as the basic setup is for the best. Uh, it's not a very long game, but for its short runtime, I think the narrative actually, there is a lot going on to it for, you know, that short Half length, the game which... is cutscenes, so, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of story in this video game. Yeah, so where did you want to start then? I think I want to start with the basic, with the plot of this game. Um, and I think the plot of this game is, for the most part, excellent. I think that the plot mm. of Metal Gear Solid is the strongest part of this game by far, and it's excellently executed. So there are a lot of twists and turns as you, Snake, infiltrate this facility, and I think most of them are really well done, they're really compelling, and they're also 
well seeded throughout now and this is coming from the perspective of someone who knew what twists and turns were coming it was really fascinating playing this game and seeing how many hints they gave the player as to what was going on but it does this clever thing where weird stuff like psychomantis almost acts as a way to dispel your fears as to what's happening because anything weird that happens you can put that down to psychomantis right you can put it down to other yeah. weird phenomenon that are occurring in the game and i think that the story as it develops as the character you basically get a lot of these highlights of these enemy villains that get introduced like just one or two seconds and then you get to actually encounter them in the flesh later and it's always enjoyable to do so um, I think the story of this game is really good. I mean, I was hooked from start to finish, even though I knew what was coming. And I think that uh, the way, you know, every time you get hit with a new twist is very satisfying. So big fan of the story of this game. Yeah, in terms of the overall plot, it's quite simple in its setup, but I think the execution really sells it. Um, Metal Gear does a really, really good job of setting your expectations and then kind of subverting them later on. Um, and I think, like, to me, the thing that's always sold the series, like, narratively is just the, like, really high quality of the English voice acting. Mm -hmm. um, to me, like, you know, Metal Gear is the voice acting. Like, it's very campy, but also they play it very straight the entire time. You know, there's lots of silliness in this game, but the main characters are always taking things deadly seriously, right? Like, you are infiltrating a secret military base um, containing a weapons platform that can launch nuclear, you know, missiles undetected to, you know, parts of the globe. But this is very serious stuff, you know, potentially dealing with like a World War Three or end of the world scenario here. Um, and, you know, the fact that the characters like really express things genuinely. That's a really good way of putting it. The levity never undercuts the seriousness of the situation and it never feels like the game is tonally wonky uh even though as you says it does have those little side things that are funny and i think it does this because the characters have such firm philosophical convictions so you have bits mm. where people you know are making fun of the way that meryl walks you know saying she has a sexy walk uh then she'll there'll be a bit of banter between her and snake and then it will cut to her talking about her father and the reason she joined the military and those two things aren't intermesh it's not like you're getting constant uh little jokes in between she's where she's talking about her experiences with her father it's it, that kept separate so you get you know scenes with snake flirting with the women or whatever but then it goes to the fact that uh, basically james i'm agreeing with you i think i think you put it really well um it takes itself seriously and the game is better for it even stuff like there's a lot of absurd elements in this game right like one of the first boss fights is against revolver ocelot one of the recurring villains of the series um and he is you know a crack shot and is actually able to shoot bullets off walls and have them ricochet and hit you from behind like with deadly accuracy and there's all sorts of kind of like quirky things like this like you fight a cyborg ninja and, and all those kinds of quirky things mesh really well i think and give the game like a ton of personality in terms of like the overall plot I actually like got a lot more out of it this time i think than i had previously like there's a lot of you know shades of gray in terms of the characters and the way it's sort of trying to portray being a soldier towing that line between being a soldier fighting for your country because that's something you believe in 
and being a soldier listening to orders from a potentially like you know corrupt individual and kind of undermining like your original uh, intentions of being a soldier which i think is a long-running theme in the series it's something that i think is actually done a lot better in the later games here it it doesn't really get fully into the weeds of it i guess because to me there's nothing really justifying joining a terrorist organization that wants yeah. to launch nukes right i had a hard time feeling sympathy for any of the terrorists when you killed them and they start talking about their it's like i was i was all sad on the battlefield it's like there's a number of things you could have done that don't involve yeah. trying to start a nuclear war you know you do have options the later games do a lot to talk about the i guess the, to attack the very concept of nationalism which i and you know big boss's vision of soldiers being able to choose who they fight for instead of just it just being a roll of the dice and used as pawns in this game it didn't work for me all of those melodramatic scenes you that you get when you know you know you're cradling the dead person in your arms i was like almost laughing at how absurd they were actually agree with you and that i think the weakest part of this kind of theme and this narrative does come from the actual terrorists themselves but i think it does kind of shine and really work when we're talking about snake and the people he's talking to on his codec the people who are you know for the most part of the game offering him support and there's a bit of tension between mm -hmm. you know him and his commanding officers at some points and particularly with naomi and her backstory i thought they did that really well um, I think that is where that kind of narrative shines the best. It's when you're talking to the monologuing villains, particularly Liquid, who the end, I think has... The end monologue is yeah. just like, it just keeps going. <laughs> it just keeps going, and he's like, uh, it's very hard to understand his motivations other than him being a bit of an asshole. It is so funny when he, like, cites uh, Dawkins' The Selfish Gene, as, which is like... <laughs> This biological theory that animals unconscious, you know, that we regress towards evolution and looking after your genes, essentially. And he says, this is the reason I'm doing it because of the selfish gene theory. I'm like, mate, your consciousness is clearly overriding the biological imperative. But anyway, shit like that. He just keeps going and going. Honestly, some of the like pseudoscience stuff works quite well. And then some of it, basically everything involving the main villain is just like completely nonsensical it's so funny you know it's funny you'd think that we, we, so we've done police knots for this show a long time ago i think it was episode 16 or something and one of the things that we basically said was that uh he he did a really good job with the hard science of police knots but the yeah. social stuff was less well done and you can tell it's like the opposite no here. no it's exactly the same like i feel like the pseudoscience is actually done pretty well and it's the moment it starts getting into you know grand philosophical theories that it kind of um interesting I, I feel the opposite i felt like police noughts did that kind of thing way better like the stuff about fox die was probably the most convincing what about the card the, keys like, creating an electromagnetic field <laughs> to automatically <laughs> open doors I, I like how it wasn't just like a key that opened the door it, it had to be it's sharing like, your electromagnetic magnetic field it's like why is that even necessary it was really funny um well i have a question for you james how well do you think they solved the tension around snake's character being a 
cold killer that didn't care about anyone and then he actually does care about someone because i felt this was just not very good like when all I these characters it was very they're just either. all accusing him of being a cold-blooded killer and that's all he likes and all he likes doing and i'm like you don't get this impression from him at all like he's charismatically engaging with in conversations with a whole bunch of people and he saved the world from destruction twice before in you know metal gear one and two why are these people just telling him he now with naomi kind of makes sense you know kind of makes sense in retrospect but but the other character i don't know i i was like I don't think Snake has to justify himself for saving someone. That seems absurd. Yeah, I felt that that was probably, like, his character growth is not very well done, I don't think. I think the problem is that normally when you have this kind of character, you have them start in a place of weakness where they have major character flaws that they then overcome over the course of the game. Mm. I don't actually think Snake changed, like, at all. Um, I think maybe Otacon changed a bit. Naomi changed o- a Otacon's, bit. Otacon's, I was going to say, I think I think Otacon has the best arc of any character in this game. And he gets multiple scenes as his character develops as he keeps helping Snake more and more over the course of the game. So I buy yeah. into the fact that he's, you know, a more courageous version of himself than when he started. But yeah, I just don't think Snake in- starts the game being a bad person and then he sees love and redemption it's like i think he was the same person at the start and they were just telling me he'd changed without actually showing Mm. it yeah i agree with that i actually think his character is quite good even uh naomi's probably my favorite character this playthrough i think particularly near the end in the cutscenes that i didn't remember i think she sells it and her voice actor sells like you know her there's like a tension in her character right Mm. like She's got a motivation for revenge, but not completely. It's it's all a bit messy, and I think they sell it really well. Um, let's step back a bit and talk a bit about the codec, because I feel like half of this game is spent in codec calls, um, where you know you've got like some kind of res- I don't know, is a codec like a thing in your ear um, that rings, and you know you basically have a yeah, it's basically a phone call. Uh, <laughs> it's a radio phone. Um, yeah, I think the codec calls in this game are actually really enjoyable for a few reasons. I think, like I said before, the voice acting is just, like, really good. I think the game gets, like, the game's cutscenes get carried by the voice acting so hard, even when, you know, sometimes the script is a bit, you know, off. I think some of the conversations go a lot longer than they need to. Absolutely. I just want to say, yes, it it feels sometimes like they just repeat things as well. Like they just repeat. That's the problem. It's It's repetition. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I don't know if this was a translation issue or something, but sometimes it feels like, you know, I felt like I was going crazy. It's like, didn't you just say that exact voice line? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's some calls that are very long, but because there's no repeated information, I'm totally okay with them going for quite a while, particularly the ones near the end of the game, which have a lot of revelations in them. Mm. So I'm like happy to sit there and listen through them for ages. Um, lots of the ones at the start of the game, there are some funny ones that I'm happy to sit through, or those, those are usually shorter and sweeter side things. It's like... I particularly found this issue with like Merrill and Sniper Wolf that they had these philosophical conversations that 
involved a lot of repetition you know if they had just been more succinct it would have made the moment more touching but it just kind of gets annoying after they, a while they need to be cut in half i think this was also an issue with psycho mantis's death scene holy shit it just kept going it just keeps it going. just kept going yeah. and going and going i couldn't believe it i i was like learn that brevity is the soul of wit kojima what the fuck are you doing with your writing uh, yeah. It, it, honestly, it was generally a lot of the more melodramatic moments. Generally, I'm not saying that they were all a failure. I liked, you know, and I liked the tone of some of them. It just needed to be literally half the length. They didn't need to be four and a half minutes long. It was two minutes, and we would have been able to move on. It would have been much better. The initial conversation with Otacon, um, I felt was fairly justified when they spoke about Metal Gear for a while. Yeah. Um, Compared to, I think it's like that scene in the bathroom with Meryl just went forever. Even the Otacon um, scene, I still think it goes too long. Like, it's still, we still get, you know, repetition. Um, mm. But yeah, the the Meryl scene, it's like, it, once again, the content of it is good. Like, I like the idea of the scene, but it goes for seven minutes. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, like, less cutscene calls, like, you can actually, because you have the phone and you can access it, um, and you can call different frequencies to discuss, you know, to talk to the various characters. There is, like, so much attention to detail. You can basically call every character in every room of the game, and there's, like, a unique piece of dialogue with them, whether it be, like, the colonel giving you advice on, you know, where to go next, or Master Miller telling you how to fight a certain enemy or use a certain item, Otacon giving you some backstory and that kind of thing. There's just like a lot of detail here. Did you did you use um, this a lot, James? Yeah, I have already like played the game through a few times, so I have like listened to every codec call like three or four times previously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did still find myself like calling them a lot because um, you know there's heaps of unique dialogue. Um, and some of it's quite good. I also think that the in-dialogue portraits, they put a lot of effort into the animation. They look great, They look really cool. Like, they don't move a heap, but when they do move, it looks really good. There's, like, so many unique frames of animation there, too, that I wouldn't have expected. In fact, I would say that outside of the codec, the whole game has a lot of unique assets that get used for, like, half a second in the entire game, and it's a very... Uh, it's something you don't see a lot these days where I think, you know, studios are more economically minded with their art assets um, and try to, like, you know, they made something, they're going to use it three or four times to get the most value out of it. This game is perfectly happy to show you something for half a second and then you never see it again. Like, even in the gameplay, uh, in the very first room of the game, there's a puddle of water on the ground that if you step on it, it makes noise that guards hear. I don't think there's another puzzle. There's another puddle of water in the entire game. <laughs> you know, stuff like that is everywhere in this game, but it kind of like makes it feel more alive and unique because of it. So, you know, there's so much stuff like that. So James, with the codec calls, so I didn't end up using these very much just because I felt like they were very stilted, right? Like, um, in order to do these calls, you have to stop what you're doing, find the person you want to call, uh, call them, have a short conversation, then you can call the next person. And you'd have to do this prior to, I guess, you have to do this like six six times prior to moving on to the next area. I viewed these calls more as a gameplay hint system 
do you think they have value as story devices or do you think that they're far worse than say audio logs as a way to give you additional non non-force exposition into these characters and the base i kind of prefer this format to audio logs one issue i've always had with audio logs and i know this is something that not everyone else like you know i don't think everyone else has this problem it's just a me thing mm. is whenever i pick up an audio log like i sit there and i listen to the entire thing and then i start playing the game again i cannot may as well play be the game and listen at the same time right. so this format with the extra visual like interactivity from the character faces gives me more than i get out of the audio logs which you know i've never really enjoyed that much honestly mm -hmm. Um, and it feels more natural to me, honestly, like the whole audio log thing of like finding this guy's dying <laughs> words in the toilet. You know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> the, the phone call makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Whereas to me, I love audio logs, like shove them down my throat. I'll take all the audio logs I can buy. The real deep throat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because they, um, they let me, I guess play and listen to the story at the same time and the reason i would say they're similar is that they're non-compulsory story both these codec calls and audio logs yep. um but i see what you're saying i and i do think that the advantage of the codec calls is that you probably develop more of a emotional relationship with these same characters that you keep speaking yeah. to um I still think that I, when I did use them, it was primarily as a hint system uh, when I had no idea what to do, which definitely happened a few times. And there's lots of Easter eggs in this game, but one that I always found funny was if you call, there's a character, Mei Ling, who you can call to save your game. If you call her like six times in a row and like refuse to save each time, she eventually gets mad and like stops like responding and won't <laughs> let you save the game anymore <laughs> oh that's amazing even when i wasn't using them though i think the fact that all this effort was here like kind of like i'm aware that all that effort was there it kind of like makes the game feel more immersive even when i'm not like actively using that part of the game the other thing um that stood out for me story-wise and you know maybe i've played too much Metal Gear solid 5 recently but holy shit, Snake actually has a personality in this game. Snake has charisma. Snake has beliefs. Snake flirts relentlessly with every woman in the game. It was delightful to experience. Because in Metal Gear Solid Five, I fucking hated that Snake seemed to communicate mostly in anime grunts. He doesn't even say anything for the first half of the game. It's very frustrating. So um, I hate that game I, because of yeah, that. Yeah, I really <laughs> like. I'll never finish. I don't think I'll ever finish that game. It's just not Metal Gear to me. Like even if the gameplay is good, like that's not why I, I liked the series. So, the gameplay you know. is really good, but yeah, with with the first game, I I mean, with Metal Gear Solid Three, um, Naked Snake did have a personality, but it wasn't as good as um, what what's this snake called again james solid solid snake solid yeah snake. probably solid snake metal gear naked <laughs> metal gear solid yeah solid snake i feel like solid snake has the um it is great and i really enjoyed having a character that has a has a bit of riz to him the problem is of course that you uh because of this i just didn't buy all these people calling him a i want to point player. out that um a few episodes ago we did Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Father, mm -hmm. um, which had a character that was also relentlessly flirty, but 
I hated that character while I love Solid Snake. I feel like comparison because Snake has like extra facets to his character than you know Gabriel did. Gabriel's flirting went over the line, I guess. Whereas I don't feel Snake's does go over the line, and that's a that's certainly a gray area. It's also not ninety percent of his dialogue. Yeah, it's it's a gray area, and I mean, obviously, people have different opinions on this, but I feel like uh, he he basically. Did did the right thing, whereas Gabriel Knight regularly did didn't and edged in her harassment. But um, you know, may, maybe some people feel differently about it, and I'd be I'd be open to understanding that. And maybe I'm biased because I love David Hayter so much. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I do love Tim Curry, so I don't know. Easily, uh, easily, Kojima's biggest misstep is not bringing him back for the Phantom Pain. Just, Just don't write his mind story boggling. Probably. Like I, yeah. I don't understand. Like insane. Why. It is insane. I there's zero justification for it. Um, did you have much more for the story, gems? No, I just want to sum up that I really like this game's plot. I think all the twists are great, and I think that the voice acting is stellar, and all the characters are just wonderful. Um, there are some, you know, bits of like overwrought dialogue but you know it's not so much that it brings the whole thing down for me i generally love the characters in this game yeah i'm a bit lower than you like i think the plot's really good but i do think that the yeah the dialogue could have done a lot of trimming um definitely and the melodramatic moments don't always sell it for me that being said the voice acting is so good that it kind of carries it above and beyond it yeah (laughs) so i i mean i'm in agreement broadly with you i think the story is good i just think there were parts of it where i was like jesus christ this scene needs to end this is this is ridiculous but the story the the main plot as a tom clancy story slash james bond story very good enjoyed it a lot Mm. Um, so we'll go quick music break now and then we'll jump into the gameplay so i really like the music in this game i think uh it's just you know drilled into my head having played the game so many times now Mm -hmm. but every single track is great uh, has a good sense of tension um especially all the alert sounds and the boss themes um and i really really like the music that plays during the melodramatic sections and the end credits really yeah Yeah. i don't that's like the part the music i don't really like but maybe that was me taking exception to the tone as opposed to the music intrinsically um i i agree with you james the music is phenomenal in this game and maybe it's just as you said it's so embedded into my head as a piece of you know history uh for video game music but the music is just superb I do think it does the really tense sneaking around music excellently. Where I think it kind of excels and is even better than anything I've ever heard is the music that plays when you get caught. Uh, it manages to have a sense of like urgency and action to it while also making you feel like you are the prey and they are the predator to encourage you to actually run away instead of going all guns blazing. And I think that that is very different from the um the other action music that's played in other stealth games that we've played so i just wanted to highlight that as something special but the sneaking around music is an excellent example of that kind of like uh and i think the thing that probably elevates it is the choirs there's a lot of uh use of uh ominous choirs during these sneaking bits which is quite an interesting choice yeah i love the choirs that's kind of why i like the you know the melodramatic where it's mostly just choir um so i was gonna pick Cavern, which is one of the early songs that plays when you're just entering the base. 
Um, I think this is makes. I think this song makes for a great like set ten setup to entering Shadow Moses Island, um, and I really enjoy the first you know few rooms of the game because of it. So, this is Cavern. Alrighty, that was Kevin. Let's go to gameplay now. Um, and I think this is going to be a bit of an interesting one because this game's gameplay is quite all over the place in some ways. But let's maybe start with the base stealth gameplay and then we can kind of move on to the rest, if not most of the game after that. Yeah, I said earlier that this game is not what I expected to be. Um, that doesn't apply to the first part of this game. The first part of this game is exactly what I expect it to be. So I guess we should explain a bit about what kind of stealth game Metal Gear Solid is. I guess I would describe it as light arcade stealth. So you have guards walking around that have vision cones if you have your radar enabled, which I did. You have cameras that uh, are also swinging back and forth, observing specific areas also with vision cones. Um, there is no way to alter your walking speed there, to reduce noise or or uh, the speed at which you're moving really as apart from tapping on a key. There's no, I guess, entering a stealth mode. There is a, there is a crawl, but you're either crawling around or you're running full tilt. Yeah, uh, although Snake, it's worth noting that Snake actually runs quite quietly compared to a lot of other games where running would make you noisy. Yes. The only time you are noisy in this game is when you run on metal or, you know, liquid floors or that kind of thing. And it makes a noise, so you are aware that you're on noisy surfaces. Yeah, yeah. Something that always made this series different to me in stealth is that you can be, like, running full pelt behind enemies and they won't turn around so long as you don't like hit them or you know make noise by hitting some part of the environment so there's a lot of like you know hiding and waiting for guards to patrol and then as quickly as you can moving to the next you know hidey hole uh there's not a lot of like slow sneaking in this game it's a lot of uh looking for patterns and then you know 
quickly and quietly taking the opportunity to move. Yeah, a guard will be moving around. You just run to the next area and then you're mostly good to go. That's really it. Uh, you can you can crawl into some vents temporarily to obscure cover, and there are, I guess, nooks in the wall for you to lean against to give you additional cover. Um, you but... can t- you can tap against the walls that oh, yeah. you are leaning up against, and that'll make a noise, and you can attract the guards to come investigate. Um, and there's a whole bunch of items that you can use to kind of like, uh, maybe make a distraction. But in stealth games, I tend to find that uh, items are kind of discouraged from being used as opposed to the traditional hide and, you know, move when it's your turn. Yeah, so in general, it's very, very, very simple. Um, Now, James and I interestingly played this game a little differently to one another. Yeah. So so I played on normal mode, which has a radar. Um, I played this way because I always thought it was one of the things that distinguished Metal Gear Solid 1 from Metal Gear Solid 3 for me, because Metal Gear Solid 3 has no radar, and instead you have a variety of tools that holistically can emulate a radar. But I was like, yep, Metal Gear Solid is a radar game. But there's a hard mode for Metal Gear Solid 1, which disables the radar. And although my stealth experience was... For the most part, incredibly simple and easy. I think that yours was a bit harder with the lack of the radar. Games. Yeah, so I played on hard without the radar, and it feels like a completely different game, I have to say, with the radar turned off, because you have a fairly limited viewport. It's basically top-down, um, so if you can't see an enemy on the minimap or radar, you need, really need to use a bunch of different tools to get information, because enemies like if they're on your screen there's enough sightline for them to see you so you can press triangle to go into first person and look around or you can lean up against walls and then the camera will kind of tilt down to a like third person view um and then crawling you can also like get a bit of a view in first person as well I had to, in the first couple of rooms of the game, which honestly were probably the hardest in the whole game for me, uh, I had to do a lot of, you know, hugging walls and quickly checking around corners and memorizing guard patterns to actually get to inside the base. Because when you can't see, you know, very far either side of you, it becomes much more difficult to play the game. Honestly... I think the game was way more enjoyable playing this way um, than with the radar. Like, it actually makes you use, like, every tool you have available to you in order to get through. So um, I'm really glad I did it. Uh, The only issue, maybe, was that Vulcan Raven's boss fight was, like, 20 times harder this way, uh, to the point of a bit of frustration. But, you know, the regular stealth gameplay, I think, was massively improved without the radar. Yeah, so I, when I was, you know, the first few areas when I was doing this, I, you know, failed a couple of times. So it wasn't like so easy that I was just going through it with my eyes closed, but I was like, okay, um, I think I've got the hang of this now. I can't wait to see what this game has in store for me, how they're going to escalate the challenge in interesting ways. Um, It doesn't escalate. In fact, it disappears uh, the yep. stealth gameplay in this game. I I would say that, as James said, the first couple of rooms is as hard as it gets. There are a couple of areas which have a similar level of difficulty, but honestly, I don't even think that's true. Like, the tank warehouse has two guards, 
the area before the um you know the offices has two guards in this big empty space that area before psychomantis where there's that like it's like the room with the little all the doors on either side the six doors that room was so hard without a radar because the guard is normally at the bottom of the room where you can't see yeah and to actually see where he is you have to enter the room and then go into first person yeah and, and... Then quickly get on the floor and then like he patrols in a circle around the whole room, so you're like, yeah, it was. Um, it's a lot harder when you can't see his cone on your radar. Yeah, the room <laughs> angling down would also be harder for you, whereas that made it trivial for me because you can't be yeah. seen by the guards on the upper level when you go down the ramp to the lower level most of the time. Um, like, super easy. Like, Im Even if you look in first person and you say, okay, the guard is over there and he's looking this way, the second you go back into third person, the information you have starts to become inaccurate Out immediately. Of date. Yeah. Yeah. Like very quickly. Uh, so you have to constantly like double check where he is. It's a bit easier when you get the box. <laughs> yeah, I can see why that would be more challenging. For me, it never really developed in difficulty, which I was quite disappointed by. And then at the second half of the game, it just disappeared. There was yeah. no more stealth gameplay. It was out the window. Um, like I said, this is the part of the game which, uh, I would say shocked me. Like, I thought this game was a stealth game. I thought Metal Gear Solid was a stealth game. After playing this, I would say it's an action game with stealth elements. Like, it, it was stealth light. Like, Sly Cooper is more of a stealth game than Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I genuinely believe that. Like, that game has more consistent stealth elements from start to finish than Metal Gear Solid. I do think that... And maybe you didn't have this experience with the radar, but like the stealth that was here was good. Like I liked every single stealth room in the I game. I mean, like it, it's even, it's too, I can't even say that really. Like it, it was fine, but there was so little of it. Like it was, it's yeah. like insubstantial, you know, like there's not much stealth gameplay in this game. Like you, you can name the five rooms that have stealth in them. And the thing that's, and we'll get into this more later, but there was an opportunity with the amount of backtracking you do to really ramp this up, you know, have an easier version when you first go get to an area and then have a second, uh, much harder version. They did do that. They did do that with uh, a little bit, like, uh, but... Um, I can see what where you're coming from. Like, for me, the backtracking rooms were 10 times harder than they were originally. Right. I, I got through them all first try. Like, they, they, were, they, were, they were, it was all completely trivial. The, uh, the room that has all of the, like, the room that has the sniper in it, that it's like a grid with the trap doors. That room is so hard when there's guards and you can't see, like, because all of the blocks block your line of sight, you mm -hmm. can't, you don't know where the guards are without, like, hugging a wall and checking around the corner right and even then you can only see one of them at a time so you don't know where the other two are <laughs> generally like... if you just follow a you know follow behind someone you're pretty safe though like you can just pick a guard and follow them and as long as you're right on the heel the other ones should be on different patrol routes right yeah they had a lot of crisscrossing sight lines at points okay yeah, I tried that a couple of times. and then it, I Does hard mode add additional guards? Uh, I don't know. It does limit the amount of rations you have to two, and it does reduce the amount of uh, max HP that you get from killing bosses. Mm -hmm. 
So you do have to beat bosses like uh with a without lot just less tanking health. through it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, um, that that makes sense. But yeah, I, I just found the stealth in this game completely trivial. Um I, I guess if I were to play but it's kind of annoying just because because everything you sound about the removal of a radar does seem like it leads to a better stealth experience because you're honestly, forced to use all these tools. I think you should play the first like three rooms of the game without the radar because that's like you know there's not much more stealth in the game like that's the whole stealth section. Yeah, waste of time. <laughs> I'll pass. But but I I see what you're saying and I can see why it would lead to a better experience. If if we ever do Metal Gear Solid Two, might try that on hard mode um, mm. as an alternative to to pissing around with this. Yeah, um, I thought that the stealth in this game overall wasn't bad, but it was so insubstantial as to be, um, as to be, you know, not good. And I was very disappointed that they didn't develop on it in a more interesting way and create actually challenging rooms. Yeah, whereas my opinion is that I think it's all excellent and I, you know, think every room is, like, brilliantly designed with some really good patterns, really good, you know, places for you to hide and get information it's so funny. I didn't have this opinion like last time I played, but this time it's like very obvious that the game was designed to be played both ways. It's awesome. Okay, so that's the stealth. Um, and we'll get more into what replaces stealth later. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about the combat. Because this game does have a combat system, and I'd say that it's important to explain the basics of how combat works in this game, because it is also worked into a lot of the boss fights. Snake, remember the basics of CQC. Yeah, unfortunately, no Metal Gear Solid 3 CQC. It's a lot simpler yeah. here. But, uh, so you run around, and whatever direction you're pointing um, when you're running around, you'll shoot in that direction. The game does have auto-aim, so if you're shooting near an enemy and aren't actively aiming it like holding down a a direction that it will auto correct if you're holding if you're aiming close enough to an enemy to automatically shoot them um well, it really absolutely yeah if you if you're you have to be aiming kind of close to them and you have to be i guess finger almost has to be off the controls i guess because your input will override it but the game will auto aim if you're um for you definitely i i noticed this in the very first fight where you and meryl are defending against waves of enemies uh i found that room very hard yeah i because i, I, I found it, yeah i couldn't hit people i didn't notice it had so do you have to like do something specifically to make it work no, you, you'll find that if you kind of like run up to an enemy and start shooting it will if you're shooting close to them it will auto aim to them it doesn't felt... necessarily do it automatic like it might not be the first bullet but it definitely does it uh because yeah i if you're not holding anything it will eventually lock onto the enemy i could not get that ever working i basically always had to hold the button line up the shot and then shoot well it, mm. there is some kind of auto aim definitely here maybe it's only on normal but trust me i i i'd be if i was somehow getting auto aim and not realizing it i i don't think that's even possible so there's right. a little bit of auto aim here but it tends to not be useful because it's a bit slow in activating so you can't just shoot in that general direction a la doom and expect enemies to die uh in general you can't rely on it in things like the boss fights though I would describe a lot of the boss fights where you have to shoot as you run around like mad and then you stop for the shortest possible time, shoot some bullets, and then keep moving. Uh, yep. You can also do a thing where you kind of use your 
forward movement as an opportunity to kill to shoot at the boss or enemies so that you don't have to stop moving you kind of like turn around and run at them shooting before swerving in another direction um how did you feel about this basic game uh you know gun shooting gameplay uh we'll talk about the specifics of boss fights in a second but do you think that the basic combat gameplay works here james I think it's a bit underbaked, honestly. It's probably my least favorite part of the game is the shooting and the controls. Um, I'm a bit forgiving of this because this is mostly, well, this is sold as a stealth game, I guess. Um, so I normally expect in these stealth games that you're shooting to feel a bit poor. I, you know, never was, I never noticed that there was auto aim um, and i was missing shots all the time mm -hmm. i think the worst parts of the game were the ones where you were forced into fighting um and that happened quite a few times which felt terrible um because i think the shooting doesn't control very well to be honest uh boss fights were okay because you could mostly like use melee or some other auto lock on weapon with the only real gunfight being against revolver ocelot at the beginning but the nature of that was it's a one-on-one, -on -one, you can dodge his bullets. Where, funnily enough, like, that guy's like a crack shot. His bullets are very dodgeable, whereas normal enemies with machine guns, I found just, like, were impossible to dodge their fire. Especially when you had to deal with multiple. Whenever I had to deal with, like, two or three enemies at a time, I was really hating my life. I think it's uh, not... A game designed for that kind of combat it feels very bad when you have to do it um and i actually think like to expand on that i think the controls in general feel more unresponsive than i remembered as specifically when you're like leaning up against walls um or trying to like aim um with certain weapons it feels a bit it feels a bit jank in some places. Yeah, the way this would be done today, there's a number of ways it could be done. One would be as a twin stick shooter. I don't think that would suit this game, but it is no. verging on arcadey enough that maybe it would work. The far more common one would be you'd have an aim button and then you'd have a fire button, uh, either with like a laser or auto target. So you would hold down a button, it would auto target an enemy. But I think better would be like you aim, a laser appears, you can swing the laser around and choose when to shoot. This, you kind of have to line yourself up uh, with whatever direction you happen to be moving, which makes the whole thing feel a bit awkward. You kind of have to start running at an enemy to start shooting them. And then if you're getting shot in the back, you need to awkwardly swing around. It doesn't, it doesn't feel very good. I can see with enough time, you'd probably be able to master this kind of combat system. But for me, I never found it a lot of fun. Um, the other boss fight I would shout out is where I think this actually worked decently well was the Psycho Mantis fight. Uh, I think that the game, that fight uh, has the right balance of evasion and targeting where you kind of have to find moments in between dodging projectiles to shoot at him. Yep. Even the bit where he's um, where he disappears and reappears, you have to find the right moment to react and shoot him before he shoots a projectile at you. I think that uh, that fight was actually a good execution of that system. It took me a couple of tries, but I was very satisfied when I um, when I got through it in one piece. Yeah, I'd say my favorite bosses from that kind of design are Ocelot, Psychomantis, um, Rex itself. I actually thought was quite satisfying to fight once you got the hang of it. It did feel a bit janky at first, but 
once you understood how to deal with the missiles, um, it got I mean, a lot better. I, I spammed it with chaff grenades. I, I don't know if it's possible to win that fight without doing that. Oh, I didn't use a single grenade. Okay, you, you're better better at the game than I am, James, because I was struggling. What does the grenades do? Uh, it stops it shooting its missile. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the so the missiles like have a huge damage box. Yeah. The thing is that it can't fire the missiles close to itself. Mm -hmm. So normally, what it does is it does a missile phase, and then it'll either shoot its laser or its machine gun. So. Uh, it'll shoot its machine gun, and then right as it starts shooting the missile, you run underneath Rex, and the missiles land nowhere near you, and then you run out, sting a missile, and repeat. Right, okay. Yeah. I um, actually forgot to even try to use the grenades, and then I remembered after and felt stupid. So I'm <laughs> kind of glad that like I figured out how to dodge it. Yeah, the other fight that I quite liked was the melee fight against uh, Grey Fox. Yeah, that um, was really good. Yeah. yeah, I thought that that was... It's hard. It's funny. I have a lot of people saying that. I found it quite easy. Um, oh, it took me like an hour. That was easily oh my the God. fight. Yeah. But like the, the attacks that he does are very predictable. Uh, so you just let him do the attack. He misses you and then you can follow up with a three hit combo. Rinse and repeat. I I beat him my first try. I found it very your very first easy. try. Really, yeah. I just kept dying to him over and over. Well, I mean, once I figured out I couldn't shoot him. Um, yeah, I, he does like two hit you on phase two and three. Keep uh, in mind, I had a lot of rations, so I did chug through a few of them. Um, but but the like the final phase. Yeah, I guess kinda, I only had like two. The final phase, you just run away from him. Tell he does like a slow punch, and then you punish him, and you just do that over and over again. A slow punch. He like dashes after you with a sword in phase three. Uh, I wonder I if it's the, different. I remember about the final phase where he um he teleports, so he'll like juke you out. Yeah, but you can you can bait him into doing that. So and then he does a slow punch, take him out. I. I found I found that fight a slow punt man. I didn't think you could hit him once he started running. Like if you didn't find him in time, I thought you were screwed. No, if you don't Basically, find him in time, he comes to you. Yeah, he comes then, to you, and then you and can then he dodge does this that giant attack. slash. Of, yeah, you can. You just you, you just run past it. It's uh, he he dashes he, 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 to you. Okay, he hit me with it once, and then after that, because I didn't even try and find him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I had to cheese him with chaff grenades, which stun him. Okay. Like I, I did, I used I did... like fifteen on him. Like I had to do. That. Okay, I I just thought that his attacks were dodgeable, basically. But I mean, I enjoyed the fight. Like it was, it was fun. I did go through four or five rations or three rations, whatever, whatever you had plus five rations. I got well, like one or whatever one because <laughs> I had max rations and I think there's also a ration in the room, so I, yeah. I went through them. So but yeah, it was not too bad. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that fight. I I thought that the um. The sniper wolf fight was fucking awful. I hated both of them. I thought they were uninspired and uninteresting. How did you do them? So um, I basically lay in place and shot her. Yeah, you can use the missiles as well. Um, okay, I just I just lay in place with the sniper rifle. Took some of that thing. I, it took me a while to figure out like what to do about the shaking of my hands, but I had some of that stuffed diazepin or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, I ran out then, like halfway through the fight so i just had to deal with shooting oh my god that sounds so the thing is actually getting a beat on her is so fucking annoying because every time she shoots you your crosshair gets knocked Shakes. to the side so you have to yeah slowly... one of my criticisms of the controls is that the turn speed if basically every 
aim reticule and even just when you're standing still and rotating takes so long mm. turn speed's just so slow in this game it's very frustrating even like at the end of the game in the chase sequence i found the turret moved so slowly yeah so um, i i didn't like the um the sniper fights and you know the sniper fights in the later games are just so much better like metal gear solid 3 has one of the best boss fights of all time um i think i will be skipping that fight (laughs) i will be sniping that guy early it takes so long it's so tedious dude i love it like it's it's like cool conceptually like the best thing about it is actuality dude yeah it's great because you can like put your game speed ahead and then he no, dies you can identify <laughs> that's him the with best the, part with of the glint of it off his rifle then you get to slowly figure out how to sneak up behind him it's so yeah good. and go through two loading screens every time wow. it's, it's like you hate stealth gameplay or something i love that fight so much um milk solid fours uh has a sniper thing which i which is you know a homage to this one which i think is better um i just hated and you know i love sniping you know i do sniping in every multiplayer game i didn't find it too bad honestly um i remember like the first time i did the hind d fight i struggled with it a lot but i found it pretty easy this time boring oh my god you just shoot it and go and cover it's just rinse and repeat yeah that's the problem i had i think is i have to be patient and i hate being patient (laughs) yeah you just you just wait on you just take it in turns shooting that was a terrible boss fight but definitely the worst part of the game is the bits in the towers uh, oh boy so bad yeah i think honestly in my head and i mentioned this earlier i'm very fond of this game because i didn't have disc two so i think this game gets a lot worse once like the second meryl gets shot by sniper wolf i think the game kind of like mm-hmm. i think it starts going downhill a bit yeah let's talk let's talk about backtracking games jesus christ what yeah. the fuck were they thinking it is terrible so i'm of the opinion that a game should like aim to be as short or as long as it needs to be and no more or no less i feel like there's a lot of people out there and i actually today went back and read old reviews like from you know the day that this game released and so many of the reviewers were like this game is too short you know this game would be great if it was longer and i'm like you idiots are why these backtracking sections exist like this is a very tight you know short game that is really marred by these two particular sections that only exist to pad out the length of the game because reviewers will get whiny or something it's it's kind of three sections as well so the first one is when you need to go get the sniper rifle yeah Um, the second one is the torture scene where you have to wake up in the uh in the you know torture chamber and make your way back and this is like immediately after getting the sniper rifle and then finally it's getting the three keys which is just uh with how long it takes to return to that area it is so frustrating and the actually thing is, found the first two not that bad because they force you to go through the like the best stealth rooms so it was like sort of fun to do them again like no i didn't love it I th- and I think the game would be way better if there was just a sniper rifle in the wolf cave or something. 
uh, that scene at the end, though, where you have to go back and forth to get the key is like, holy shit, why? It's kind of... So the thing, the thing that really accentuated this for me is that it really felt to me like the game was building up to like a proper stealth labyrinth. You know, like, it's like, okay, we've done the yeah. earlier stealth bits. Now we're going to get a bit where it's really going to throw a stealth gauntlet at me that I have to try and make my way through. There's, you know, lots of hidey halls to crawl through and time exiting and so on and so forth. And it just never materializes. You just kind of go through these derelict halls where there's nothing running up up and down these. It's like, what happened? Like, did they run out of budget? Did they, like, what happened to the last half of this game? Where's all the gameplay? Because there's really not much. It, it it's got all these gimmicky set pieces, like the stuff where you're rappelling down the wall and the bit where you're running up the endless staircase. But it, it's not building Lots on the staircases. It's not it's not actually building on the fundamental gameplay that was established in the earlier parts of the games. It just keeps throwing different bits at you. And uh, listen, I've played the later Metal Gear Solid games and they have their problems. Like Metal Gear Solid 4 is, is very bloated, but the fundamental gameplay in 3, 4, and 5 is rock solid and they build on it over the course of the game. Like it, it's interesting and in-depth and gets more difficult as the game goes on in all three games. Metal Gear Solid 1's gameplay just it vanishes into mist and it's replaced with these fun set pieces. Playing this game, James, I saw the seeds of games like Uncharted and The Last of Us, where they focused on spectacle more than fundamental gameplay. And I was I was shocked and surprised because I never thought of Metal Gear Solid as being a series like that. But maybe you played back... four and you never really thought of it. No. Metal Gear Solid 4 has such good gameplay. Like it's surrounded with this terrible story, in my opinion. But the the gameplay in that game is even better than 3s. Like, it's really, really good. It's interesting to me, people are always, like, memed on 4 for it having too much cutscene to gameplay ratio, mm -hmm. and it, 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 like, blew my mind because 1 is, like, the same thing. When you said it's... that to me, I didn't believe you. I was like, there's no way it can be as bad as 4, but it's no, the, it's worse it's not, than 4. <laughs> it's, not, it's not different at all. It's like the series has kind of always been this way. Like... Uh, yeah, I, I just feel like the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid 4, even though there's not heaps of it, is really, really, really good. I yes. still, yeah, I guess I still feel that way about 1. Like, okay. I really like all of the stealth rooms in this game because I think that's they're all... not all the gameplay, though. Like I, yeah, I get it that there's like five stealth rooms in the game, and that's not like there are actually five. Like it's five. Doesn't bother me so much because I like most of the boss fights. I think that basically everything between Sniper Wolf, shooting Meryl, and fighting the Hind D, I just hate. Mm. Um, I think is so much tedious bullshit. Um, and then everything after that is fine until you get to Rex, and then. Everything after putting the keys in is great again. It just there's like a bunch of sections that really dragged the game down for me this time when I was playing. Whereas I think honestly, I think that everything up until and including Psychomantis is basically perfect. Like I have basically no criticism of the game up until that point, and then after it's like 
all criticism. <laughs> and for me, I found, I mean, I agree that it's a significant drop off in quality, but even up to that point, I was just disappointed at the, I guess, the lack of challenge. The, I guess the lack of which it, it didn't really Should do anything. Should have played on hard. <laughs> Sorry? Should yeah. have played on hard. Well, I, I don't want to play the game again at this stage, but I'll tell yeah. you that much. But maybe later games, I just need to play it on hard. I just thought this was the game that had radar stealth. I mean, when they originally made the game, there was no hard mode. So that was the thing that eventually tipped me over to doing normal. Yeah. Um, but clearly, I'm too good for this game, James. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a very like cinematic game uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not like a super challenging title. And I think that's fine. Um, it's just... You know, you kind of have to know what you're getting into with this one. It's a, it's a lot of story and a lot of, you know, set piece moments. Mm -hmm. um, I did have one more gameplay note, James. And maybe this was less relevant for you because you knew what to do. I found that a lot of the time this game had somewhat of a puzzle element to it where in order to progress, you had to figure out what to do. Um, and it wasn't always 100% clear what to do. Did you ever run into one of these situations or was it, was it always pretty straightforward for you? I played this game for the first time quite a while ago, so I can't remember how I felt back then. Can you give me an example? Well, one was uh, in order to see the lasers, you have to smoke a cigarette. Um, and that's one that I only knew because you told me about it. I would not have thought of that. I would not have thought of smoking a cigarette to reveal the lasers. I'm assuming there's like, a codec call you can do to um to speak to someone about it yeah i didn't actually bother with the cigarettes this time i just used the thermal goggles so it showed... turns out you cannot get the thermal goggles if you don't collect them at a specific time that door closes and you can only get them later so oh, yeah it's right only... at the start of the game yeah, yeah and the door closes behind like a level three door or something so you have to get them and if you don't i think smoking the cigarette is the only way to reveal the laser patterns how did you get into the base? Um, well, I went by the upper path because that's how I always did it when um when I had the demo on my PC. Yeah, that's the path that has them. Yeah, I didn't collect them for whatever reason. I must Aww. have missed them, or but yeah, I didn't have the thermal goggles. So, uh, and I think that the intended way to solve some of these puzzles is to basically I, I would say the location of the sniper rifle is maybe one of those things james like you're told that you need to get a sniper rifle but you know you may not know exactly where it is and i know that you can do a codec call to find out where it is as opposed to just wandering around aimlessly i just assumed that it would be in the room that had the highest card key number on it yeah those are just a couple of examples of like not knowing exactly what it is you need to do or what it is you need to use um in order to progress and you're having to either mess around with the options at your disposal or make codec calls for me it was okay like i i don't mind this i think that the codec call hint systems are a good way to do it i'm not really sure how i feel about this i think that it felt a bit odd for me because the game is presenting itself as kind of um linear but there are items that you can get that are kind of slightly off the path that are either necessary or make things far easier in order to progress mm. uh i think it's mostly fine um and the one or two times i had trouble it was not hard to look up a walkthrough instead of doing you know six codec calls so i think it, i think it's a fine feature um 
but I don't. It's interesting. Love it. Yeah, I guess I never really had that experience this time, just because I knew about everything. Like mm-hmm. I just knew things ahead of time when playing. Um, I didn't re- don't re- like. I kind of like it. Uh, it doesn't quite have the reactivity that three does. You know, that game's kind of next level in that regard. But you know, the the like cigarette thing to me was always this like, you know, this cool bit of you know attention to detail that they added in the game and like stuff like planting c4 on the backs of guards or the box um all of that kind of stuff kind of makes the game feel a bit more alive to me there's like there's that one random guard uh, like outside at the start of the game that can like follow your footprints in the snow to find where you are and there's like not a single guard in the rest of the game that can do that (laughs) other than that one guy (laughs) it's really funny um you know i think there's a lot of little attention to detail stuff and i think the puzzle elements kind of fall in line what it was trying to do there i think the other thing that threw me off james is that there's these vr missions you can do before the main game i don't know if you did them at all yeah i did them again yeah but it teaches you all of these like all the different elements of stealth. <laughs> there's yeah. like more stealth in the vr missions than there i know is in the game. i know yeah. Yeah. so i was like <laughs> i'm all ready for my metal gear solid stealth experience and to some degree i feel bad almost judging it as a stealth game but everyone's always told me it's a stealth game like it's so fucking confusing what is that a I've never... stealth game it's just it's weird that i've just never come across this in any discussions of metal gear solid that this is the kind of game it is it's kind of yeah it's very surprised it's surprising to me i just kept waiting for the game to be a stealth game again there was that one bit in the foundry area. If the ice area and the fire area had been two rooms, like left and right of Rex's room, like the end of the game would have been like 10 times better. Yeah, you imagine know? imagine like instead of just going to the hot room and the ice room, there was a specific location you needed to reach at the end of a gauntlet of whatever on either side. So on the ice side, it could be cameras and wolves or whatever. On the fire side, a bunch of guards. And you have to sneak through them and then sneak back in both directions. Fantastic. It it feels like they ran out of money for this game, honestly. I I don't know what actually happened. But the second half of this game is like a nosedive in terms of what seems to be promised in those earlier sections. Yeah, it it does really... Like, they did not reuse assets enough in this game. It's yeah. really funny. Whereas, whereas something like Metal Gear Solid 3, they introduce the camouflage system, and then over the course of the game, you find 40 camouflages and 35 face paints. And mm. that thing is all the way through. Or, you know, they've got the guards with the radios, and you can shoot the radios, and that's a thing all the way through. Like, it, it, it feels like a very different philosophy metal gear solid one feels like a tech demo in a lot of ways i gotta say and maybe to some degree it was i know that a lot of this technology was cutting edge when it released i mean i feel like for the ps1 this game's like kind of insane still uh like compared to you know the other like compare this game to like ape escape and <laughs> or something it's like this wow, game is like ape escape fans going mad i don't know i think for ape escape time, had, this... had a lot of tech to be fair ape escape was yeah. a tech demo for the for the control so that's probably the worst example you could have come up with can we i i do want to mention the visuals of this game i actually think this game still looks really nice um Mm. there's like a lot of attention Mm. to detail you really (laughs) Uh, don't like uh, it i'm just i'm just saying james i don't know if you can say max Payne looks fucking terrible and then say this game looks nice that is a 
Those are inconsistent statements, I think. Really think so? I, think I this absolutely game looks think way so. Better than that game did. That's so weird. I mean, they're both the environments are so similar and everything. Man, I, I, I think that there is a particular aesthetic and art style here. Absolutely. But I think there's an attention very, to detail in everything. It's very low res three D models, game. man. Like I, I don't know. I, I can understand why people find this PS one aesthetic charming. And I'm glad that you enjoy it. But for me, it's this early era of 3D is just not very visually appealing. And I think that a lot of the models just look absolutely ridiculous with how low res they are. Really? I always thought the character models looked quite good compared to some of the other PS1 ones. There's enough you know, facial structure suggested by the visuals without it laying everything bare. It kind of reminds me of looking at like pixel art games where you don't see everything, but that kind of like adds to it. Man, you need okay. You need to look at Max Payne One's visuals because everything you're saying about Metal Gear Solid can equally be said about that game. Like, I it's, don't think so. I'm uh, looking at it now. I think the environments are very bare in that game. Uh, I think there is way more attention to detail here. To be yeah. honest. All right. Well, um, I have to agree to disagree on that. And I would say that that it's nowhere clearer than in those codec calls because the codec calls you have these masterfully illustrated character portraits. And then it cuts to the the 3D polys, and I think it just looks pretty pretty awful. And I mean, I know, and like I said, I know people like this aesthetic, and I think that the low res remake of Bloodborne that someone made, the PlayStation One D make, is fucking phenomenal at um, evoking this kind of era of aesthetics. It's just not one that I enjoy. So if you enjoy it, good for you. But yeah, I I do not fuck with this aesthetic uh, at all. Um, shall we cut to my music break, the alert music, before we move on to final impressions? Yeah, let's do that, because this is basically like the main theme of the game anyway. So, um, so yeah, this is the theme encounter that plays when you get spotted.
Alrighty, let's go to final impressions then, Patrick. Do you want to take us away? I think uh, we're going to be a bit divided on this. So this is where I move into a hot take. I do not recommend Metal Gear Solid 1. Uh, this this really surprised me. I thought the lowest I could possibly be on this game would be like a uh, kind of recommend, like I'd be half and half. But after thinking about it, I don't think Metal Gear Solid 1 is a very enjoyable game. I think the plot is really good. I think, and I think some of the voice acting is good, but the unnecessary melodrama, the way cutscenes go on forever, the repetitiveness of the dialogue um, means that with the story, even though it has a really good part of it, I think it's held back by all the other parts. And when it comes to the gameplay, it was either disappointing and undeveloped or just straight up bad. Like, I think that the stealth and combat here is basically fine the stealth is okay and reasonably enjoyable when you're actually doing it i think the combat is mostly functional um, and works decently well in a couple of the boss fights but there are so many bad parts of this game whether it's the backtracking a lot of these combat scenes the way that it's chosen gimmicks over actually expanding on its core gameplay that led to me not enjoying this game. Uh, the backtracking in particular just felt like my neck was being I was I could not believe. I was I was shocked that the game expected me to do that level of backtracking. That felt like they deliberately made the game slow to a crawl for no reason whatsoever that I could possibly ascertain. I think that this game has stuff going for it, but when I'm honestly looking at myself and asking, did I enjoy this and would I recommend it? The answer is no. I think this game is better than like Hitman 1. I think that the fundamentals here are like better than that game, but I would rank this game like below Hitman 2 Stealth Assassin. I'd rank this game below um, Thief, absolutely below Splinter Cell. And honestly, to be completely honest, I would rank this game below Sly Cooper, a game that I also didn't recommend. So... Yeah, I was very disappointed and I just don't think that the good plot and okay stealth gameplay holds up enough for it to be enjoyable to play today. It's making me wonder if Metal Gear Solid 3 is as good as I think it is. And I think that game probably is still very good, but it's got me questioning myself because I just kind of bounced off this game in a way I wasn't expecting. So yeah, for me, James, one of gaming's sacred cows, Metal Gear Solid, I didn't really enjoy it on the whole, and I wouldn't recommend it. Interesting. You're a lot lower than I thought you were going to be. Um, for me, I really love this game, and I always have, and I probably always will. I did notice this on this playthrough that, you know, the latter half of the game is significantly worse than the start. But playing on hard, I found the stealth gameplay to be really, really enjoyable. Um, to use Patrick's analogy, I definitely rated above hitman one uh, and also like hitman two and probably thief one as well Whoa, um, okay yeah Crazy. i think yeah i think thief one's gameplay is worse than this even though there's not much of it here <laughs> oh my god but you know different way of playing the game i guess yeah that that to me is crazy like to me thief one's fundamental gameplay is like so much stronger and more interesting than than this game like it's 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 miles ahead of it because because basically like that game you have perfect information all the time like you just look around the corner um i found the like 
gathering information part of not having the camera to be really really engaging okay um which puts it ahead of that for me by quite a bit i also just like really like the story and the characters in this game and i mm -hmm. love the voice acting for bits like there is a reason this game gets memed to hell and back with like voice clips like it's just so good um, like the absolute schlock of the plot in the opening hours is just like 10 out of 10 and I love it dearly. Um, I do think all of the boss fights are really good. I'd really, it's just the backtracking and the tower bit that I like absolutely loathe with basically everything else I find enjoyable. So, wow, okay. Yeah, I, like you enjoyed the sniper wolf fight. Like to me, it's yeah. just so so brainless. You just lie in place and are moving your trigger left and right slightly. Like it's just insubstantial. That's how I describe a lot of this game. Insubstantial. You know, the rappelling down the wall is just kind of ins. It's like yeah, a mini game. That, yeah, like, that th bit. It's like it's like a two minute section though. Uh, yeah, I guess I would argue that there are a lot of sections like that throughout the game. You know, like the bit where you're shooting the rocket to destroy the electrical box. Like it, it, it's not. It's that not bit's bad. Fine. I like that. Yeah, it's not bad, but I mean, there's nothing particularly compelling about it either. Is what I is what I'm getting at. I think the main difference between you and I is you seem to really enjoy the stealth bits, and maybe if I had enjoyed the stealth bits as much as you, would tip over to recommend. But yeah, I just didn't really feel there was much here for me to sink my sink my hooks into, basically. Yeah, and I also think that just in general, I value novelty a lot more than you do. So, like, these sections, like the missile, um, you know, stuff like that, I find quite enjoyable. Okay. Um, even, like, stuff like having to use the cigarette or the thermals for the, like, the lasers, like, I find that inherently enjoyable. Um, mm. You know, finding the explosive walls in that room. How, like, the boss fights are all quite varied. Like, Ocelot versus, like, Vulcan Raven versus you know, fighting liquid on the top of, you know, with your fists is they're also, you know, fundamentally different to one another. And like the game throws these completely different sections after you, one after the other. And it really does not like uh, reuse things other than those awful backtracking sections. And I really value that kind of like tightness. Like there is a lot of unique gameplay here. So Yeah, see, it's so weird because that to me is but what's wrong with the game it, it it chooses to do unique gimmicks over actually developing its gameplay in a more significant way that i can really get my teeth into that's that's why i don't like this game as much because yeah. it's throwing insubstantial novelty at me over and over again i i wanted something meatier and it never gave it to me yeah and i think that's going to come down to what kind of player you are right like uh i've basically always liked that about this game so mm. um yeah interesting so i do recommend metal gear solid one but you know clearly if if you, if your main drive to play this game is because you want lots of you know intense stealth action you're going to be disappointed this is a this is a novelty machine through and through well if we do two i'm certainly not playing with radar again yeah i think that was probably a mistake <laughs> I I think a mistake is a bit too far. I was surprised well, like when, when you said you were playing on normal. I was like, you've played a lot of stealth games. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't played a stealth game like this before, I guess. Like, Metal Gear Solid 3 doesn't have a radar, but it's designed that way. So, you know, I thought that the stealth would be harder. I mean, I don't think that was an unreasonable thing to suspect. I mean, Thief is certainly a difficult stealth game. 
And that's the first in its series. Yeah. I wonder what the original Metal Gear is It's also like. like an action game, though. That's true. Although, <laughs> probably best not to do the sword fighting. Did yeah. I, have you played the original Metal Gear games at all? I have not, no. Kind of interested um, to see what they're like now. Maybe. I mean, that'd be probably interesting episodes to yeah, probably not as good as I feel, <laughs> as I think. <laughs> well, I don't have no opinion, I guess. People yeah. always talk about Metal Gear Solid 1. I feel like I never see discussion for the original games. I'll have to do some reading. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you everyone so much for listening to us talk about Metal Gear Solid and my very hot, spicy takes, uh, and James's far more reasonable ones. We are the Retrospectives Podcast. You can find all of our content on our website, which is rspodcast.net. It's got links to every single one of our 110 episodes, a bunch of articles that James and I have written, and links to our social media, the most important of which is our Discord server. Our Discord server is where we interact with our community, and it's also where we take game recommendations. So if you want to give us any feedback or if you have a game that you'd like to see us play, please swing by our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes, and you can let us know what you think. Uh, finally, we also have a buy me a coffee page. If you'd like to support us monetarily, we'll also put a link to the show notes below. So James, Metal Gear Solid done, another stealth game scratched off our master list. What's on the agenda for next fortnight? Yeah, so I actually want to return to a more PC-like genre. This is a rare thing for me. I normally always like my console games, but... I've been feeling for a while now that we haven't done enough like sim sort of games like nothing you know since we did uh, Empire Rise of the Middle Kingdom I've had like a huge itch for another game maybe of that style so um, I was having a look and there's not a whole lot of like super popular titles that I was interested other than Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 which a number of my friends loved to bits, and I remember playing a demo of when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, this is a game that I haven't really sunk my teeth into a lot, but uh, I've been looking for a sim-like game and really actually kind of keen to get building. I, honestly, I'm more excited for the, like, Animal Crossing-style uh, aspect of it, where it's more about making something cool and being proud of what you made rather than the actual, like, missions or whatever. So um, I think that'll be kind of like a first for us on the show. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon a lot. So I've, this is one I'm coming into with a lot of experience. So it should be interesting to see our contrasting perspectives because this is one where which I know pretty damn well. Oh, really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I've, this was one of the games on my PC as a kid growing up. So I played it a lot, played most of the missions, had a lot of successful parks. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot of building my own roller coasters, but I did a lot of the park management stuff. Uh, mm. So I'll see how I ha see how I go this time round. Although I'm I'm kind of a little uh, worried that I'm going to find it a bit uh, <laughs> a bit too unexciting. Uh, you know, these lifestyle games have never been my <laughs> cup of tea exactly. Yep. So. Uh, but you know, I'm willing to give it a go and see how I feel, and maybe the passage of time has made me interesting. I know it's quite a long game, so we'll probably have to do what we did for Rise of the Middle Kingdom and um, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, where we don't get to play the entire game, just quite a substantial amount of it. Um, that's fine, you just do 10 to 15 scenarios, and you, you it's know, the what same the game thing is. every time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I'll be looking forward to that, and we'll have to figure out which version is the best to play these days. Mm -hmm. But we'll post that all shortly. 
So uh, thanks for everyone listening to our uh, contrasting opinions hmm. on Metal Gear Solid 1, and we'll see you next time. Adios, everyone. Bye.